I, I wonder what you think about when we say the word mission. Do you think of missionary societies? Do you think of long-term mission partners? Do you think of short-term mission trips? Or is it something else? We often assign the word mission as well to other people or to a department within the church and say that it doesn't really involve us. I'm also not sure what questions you have about mission. Whether it's, why should I give my precious time to mission? Why should I give my hard-earned money to mission? Why should I include mission in my prayer life? I hope that most of the answers to this question are answered as we answer the question today, why bother with mission? And given it's our World Development Service, we're going to spend about 10 minutes or just, just slightly more and think about that question, about why, why would we bother about mission? First, we need to bother about mission because God is missional. It's God's heart to reach those for whom Christ died, as we were singing about in Christ alone. The Bible is full of references to mission. It's not just the last few verses of the Gospels, which we often reference, or it's not just about the Great Commission. The constant thread through the Bible is a missionary heartbeat, which should be woven into our lives. You can find it in the story of Jonah, which we're looking at in church in the mornings. You can find it in many Psalms, like Psalm 67, which we just read. The Minor Prophets, Jesus' teaching, almost every book the Apostles wrote. And the scriptures close out as well, talking about missions in the book of Revelation. So, a few minutes this morning is not really going to cover everything we need to talk about mission. But it's long enough that we hopefully will be able to cover the question, why would we bother with mission? We also need to bother about mission because there is need. A question arises when we think about what the church's mission is. Is, it, is there something that's primary and something that's secondary that... It, it doesn't really matter. Everything else is secondary. There's, is there one aim of church mission? Do we prioritize evangelism or do we prioritize social action? Is the church's mission primarily the delivery of the message of the gospel, in which case the verbal sharing of Jesus is all that matters? Or does the church's mission include our thinking, our loving, our doing, aiming to help those in practical ways? This is a particularly useful question today as we think about the World Development Appeal, as we think about the work of Tear Fund and Christian Aid in Myanmar and in Haiti. Both Myanmar and Haiti are in need of both physical and spiritual help. In Haiti, as we were thinking about, the destruction from the 2010 earthquake is still evident. And with over 50% of the population practicing voodoo mixed with Catholicism, the need for Jesus and practical support is great. And in Myanmar, 84% of people have never even heard of this person called Jesus. And yet it's also one of the poorest nations in Asia. It too needs to hear the gospel and it needs to receive aid. So when answering the question, do we do evangelism or do we take part in social action? I believe that the primary thing is definitely sharing Jesus. Though I don't believe that if we truly care about those people, that we wouldn't also be concerned about their physical needs either. That's what, that's what Jesus did in his ministry as we read through the story of Jesus. Jesus both went to feed the people's souls and to help their spiritual and physical needs. We need to bother about missions because there are people who've never heard of Jesus, like these people in Myanmar. 
A term we generally use when we're talking about missions is we talk about these people as unreached people groups. A people group is basically a group of people who are defined primarily by their language, subdivided by things like their dialect, their cultural variations, their religious traditions, and where they're living. But the criteria for determining an unreached people group is where the population is less than 2% Christian, and any of those that are Christians or believing Christians there have inadequate resources to even try and share Jesus with their community. To visualize unreached people groups, we're going we're gonna to look at a, at a map which highlights some of the unreached people groups of the world. I think you'll see from this that across the center part of Africa, across the Middle East, and in the southeast corner of Asia, there's huge numbers of unreached people groups. This is often called what we call the 1040 window, where it's 10 degrees north, 40 degrees north latitude. And that houses a huge percentage of the unreached people groups in the world. With over 6,000 unreached people groups in the whole world, that accounts for over 3 billion people of this earth have less than 2% Christian within their resources, within their people groups. These same groups of people, according to Revelation 5, verse 9, which we were reading, Christ was slaughtered to reach. Because you were slain and your blood, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and every nation and every people and every tongue. People which those dots represent. Nothing, therefore, nothing, nothing could be more important than reaching all the people of the world with the saving news of Christ's death and resurrection. John Piper once said that God-worshipping Christ-exalting, Bible-honoring, people-evangelizing, mission-advancing, justice-pursuing, and society-changing communities of believers can be established through faith in and knowledge of Jesus. That's the greatest work of church today, with the ultimate goal that people would be passionate for God, that their passion for God would be in their hearts from every tribe and every tongue, every nation, every people group so that God can be glorified and that his glory could be known. But we reach a problem because they're unreached. People can't be passionate for him if they don't know him. If they don't know what he's done to rescue them, if they don't know the promises of eternity with him. So world mission, evangelizing these unreached people groups, is the great work of the church. Anyone anyone who's passionate about glorifying God through social justice should embrace world mission because God can't be glorified through it without knowledge of him. The same applies to anyone who's passionate about poverty relief, about deliverance from sex trafficking, about deliverance from peacemaking, or peacemaking. Lots of things. We all have our own passions, our own giftings and channels. We all do different things during the week for what we feel a burden for but God can't be glorified in it if people don't actually know about him. But one of the big reasons I feel that we need to bother about missions is because it's what Jesus commands that we do. After his resurrection and before his ascension into heaven, Jesus met with his followers on a number of occasions and a number of things came up over and over again. First thing, we are sent. John 20 verse 21 reads, Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. 
As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. We are all sent. Keep in mind that the difference between a missionary in one of these unreached people groups in this 1040 window, the difference between them and people in the local church here, the difference is not mission, but it's context. If you're a missionary in Botswana, you're sent. If you're a Christian living and working in Bombardier, Belfast, you're sent. Jesus also said that we're sent to all nations. Matthew 28, verse 18 and 19 reads, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Why do we call the Great Commission great? Because it was at this moment that the mission of Jesus' followers shifts from one centered on Jerusalem to a mission focused on the world. If you remember the verse in Acts that we've been trying to remember, it says that Jesus tells his disciples that they will go out from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In Compatric, we've been learning a lot about our front lines and about how to share Jesus. This teaching from Jesus about all nations is just an extension of that. The next thing is that we're sent to all nations with a message. Luke 24, verses 46 to 48, he told them that this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. You are my witnesses to these things, is what he told them. Ultimately, the the gospel is about a bloody cross and an empty tomb with Jesus at the center. Mission needs to be centered on that message, on the story of Jesus. And the other thing he told them, that we're sent to all nations with a message empowered by the Spirit. Acts 1, verse 8, which we've been learning, the first part of it says, Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. We can't accomplish anything. We can't even begin to contemplate going to these unreached people groups in our own strength and our own power. If the position of mission is to be sent, then the promise of mission is that we'll receive the Holy Spirit to do it. We can rely on God through his Spirit to empower us to reach the unreached people groups. Having spent time working in South Sudan, I've spent a fair amount of time with people with different accents. A lot of my work colleagues were American, and working with them meant I started to pick up their accent. Now, when I came home, I would get laughed at mainly by my family about my American twang. But it became like those I spent most of my time with, my accent. And it's the same when it comes to our relationship with God. We need to spend more time with Him. We need to spend more time in His Word. We need to spend more time with Him in prayer. Because the more time we spend listening to and drawing closer to Him, the more time, more likely we are to come like Him. The more our heart becomes like God, the more our desire will be for others to come and receive the glory of God and to, to witness and to know about Jesus. I believe that the doors of Kirkpatrick Memorial are open on a Sunday morning, not primarily to bring more people in, but mainly as world mission, and what the word mission means is to send people out. That's why our doors are open on a Sunday. 
Now recognize that not everyone is called to go abroad to these unreached people groups. But the joy of where we live is that you don't have to take too many steps outside the door of Kirkpatrick to find people from all nations. So we all can play our part in building this beautiful picture that we read in Psalm 67 where all the nations are pleasing and praising God. And for those who do leave these shores to share Jesus with others, we need to saturate their work in prayer. By way of encouragement, two years ago when I was sick in South Sudan, I was aware of the prayerful support of folks here when truly I was at a stage where I didn't really feel I could pray myself. I was distracted by so many other things going on around me. But just to know people are thinking and praying for you can be a huge comfort for those who are further afield. We need, we need to continually pray diligently. We need to continually give generously. We need to continually support tirelessly the work of those who are called to work with the poor, the vulnerable, and the unreached people groups of this world. God wants to use you. He wants you to help build his kingdom here and bring all the nations to him so that we can look at that map someday and there'll be no dots on the map. He wants to use you. He wants you to help bring all the nations to him. Let's pray. And as we pray, I'm going to pray the words of Psalm 67. Lord God, we pray that you'd be gracious to us and bless us. Lord, make your face shine upon us. We pray that your ways may be no one on earth. That your salvation no one among all the people groups and all the nations. Lord, we pray that the peoples will praise you, Lord. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly. And you guide the nations of the earth. Lord, we pray that all the peoples will praise you. All the people groups of this world will come to know you. Lord, be gracious to us. Bless us and make your face shine upon us so that all the world may know you. Amen.